What's up, everyone? Welcome to Hot Takes. I'm Xander Bro, and I will be your host for this podcast. Um, my two co-hosts uh, are two of my closest friends, uh, Brody Reese and Case and Hammer. Uh, introduce yourself, fellas. Hey, everyone. I'm Brody Reese. Uh, these I've known these guys since freshman year. We play on the O-line together, and uh, I'm a diehard Ravens fan. And looking forward to talking for you guys. Uh, Case and Hammer, uh, been playing football with Brody since freshman year and Xander since seventh grade. Uh, I am a Broncos fan and I also, um, and I'm Xander bro. Um, as I said, I've been playing with these guys for a long time. I'm a Patriots fan, um, and a big Blazers fan. Um, and we're really excited to get this going for you guys. Um, this is going to be a sports podcast if you guys don't know by now. Um, it's going to be probably mostly towards basketball and football, as we know best, but we're going to be touching as many topics as we can throughout the sports world. I um, mean, really, this really the inspiration from this came from um, every Monday night during football season. Um, we'd get together at Brody's house and eat chili and watch football. Uh, Brody, would you like to add more onto that? Uh, yeah, it's been a tradition at my house that my mom makes a big pot of chili every Monday night, and I've been having the boys over for a while. And I mean, the discussions that we have there get a little intense, and we thought we might be able to Anything share that. Add to that, Casey. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the name Hot Takes really comes from all our nights at Chili, where uh, we'd uh, we'd all we all have uh, our own opinions about sports. Some of us have a lot more interesting opinions than others. Um, so yeah, that's where that name hot takes really comes yeah, from. Yeah, he's totally right. Um, it gets pretty intense and we just love having those conversations and we thought, why not record it and share it with the world? Um, right now our first episode will be purely audio based. We're really hoping, um, to get together at some point and from now on record our, um, podcast with a camera, put them on YouTube and put them everywhere. Um, give you guys as much different options as possible. And we're gonna have many guests on as well. A lot of them will be from those chilly nights, which is really exciting. And I think we're just really excited to get this rolling. Um, anything else to add, guys? We'll kick this off. I think you got it. Then. Alrighty. Um, our first point of discussion this week is a jam-packed week of NFL games and NFL news. Um, it was a really exciting week 17. A lot of playoff invocations going on, a lot of crazy games. I mean, I think first we wanted to talk about um, Derrick Henry. Um, two, he hit 2,000 yards this season. I believe he's the sixth running back to do so, putting him in an elite company with people like O.J. Simpson, Barry Sanders. Um, and to me, that's huge because it, it was a game that decided the division, and to do that in a big game, it's pretty crazy, in my opinion. That's. I mean, really, Derek just capped off one of the greatest rushing seasons of all time. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that I mean, although he was like fifth all-time in rushing yards, uh, out of all the people on that list, he had more rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he's he's a freak of nature. Fuck, he, he's he's huge, six three. I mean, he he pretty much just runs all over every team, and you pretty much he's one of those guys that like you pretty much have to give him like thirty carries a game because he's he's bound to pop off for 200 yards a game when when you give him the ball like they do and he he just he runs overall every NFL yeah team. and people it's, say that like him getting 30 carries a game kind of puts like a like a, sh- a shadow over all the yards he has but like 
yeah, he may get like a bunch of three yard carries a game, but he's going to guarantee you he's going to pop off for a 60 yard run at least once a game, which like that's where the explosiveness comes out of, which is just exactly. And he really makes that offense so much more dynamic when you have to count on someone like Derrick Henry running every single play really opens the pass up for Ryan Tannehill to sling it all around the field. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, without guys. Derrick Henry, I think that passing attack would be very under underperforming every game because I mean, I, I remember looking at some stats where in the past, like 20 games, Ryan Tannehill's numbers were compared to Patrick Mahomes, which is kind of insane. But I think a lot of that can be credited to Derek. In my opinion. Yeah, he he opens up the field for guys like Johnny Smith too to make huge plays for that offense. And AJ Brown is bound to catch a slant and take it 80 yards. So when you have a guy like that, and then a guy like Derek Henry can give you 200 rushing yards a game. That yeah, he's definitely a top back in the scary. league. Um, I'm curious on where you guys would put him for sure, as in like ranking wise, that about running. Right now, uh, I hate to say it because I'm a huge fan of Dalvin Cook, but Derrick Henry's number one, and it's not close. Yeah, I do have to put him at number one. He makes NFL players I look like I as children. well agree with that. He's just – he's insane. I mean, and he, I think he's not credited for catching the ball as well. I think he's – obviously, they've, uh, they have the receiving backs in the backfield that obviously get more catches than him, but I think you throw him a screen, I mean, as well as a – Give him the ball up the middle. He's going to make a play somehow. But, yeah, Derrick Henry's crazy. It really yeah. opens up that passing game. But speaking of passing game, um, today a legend retired, Larry Legend, Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best receivers to play the game. It really sucked that he didn't get to play in the last game on Sunday. I was really looking forward to watching him play. But, I mean, what's bonkers to me is that I never realized how high on a lot of the lists he was when it came to stats. Um, number two in receiving yards in of all time behind Jerry Rice. And I believe if I'm correct, he's number two in receiving, uh, or he's six in, he's six in receiving touchdowns, number two in receiving yards, and he's number two in catches, which is just, I guess I never really realized how just consistent and awesome he was. Yeah, just consistently through his whole career he just i mean he was a dominant player and i feel like he doesn't get enough credit when you're ranking wide receivers of all time i mean he's easily top three i think he he has one of the craziest stats receivers ever put up he has more tackles than drop passes in his career and like that's pretty not to diss on his quarterbacks but i mean he had to go through a lot of a lot of down years and people throwing the ball down in arizona yeah. Which, I mean, Carson they weren't terrible Palmer, guys. Yeah. Carson Palmer at his times, but like. Yeah. Just. I mean, Kyler Murray's probably the most elite quarterback yeah. he's ever had. I'd agree with that. Right. Yeah. It just sucks. I really I really wish he could have played one more year because I feel like the Cardinals next season will probably take a big step. But it's good for him. He gets to spend time with his family. He's yeah. been in the league for, I think, 17, 18 years. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely a great. Um, definitely the next topic. I think we'll get some people excited and a little heated was uh, the Washington football team in the Eagles game, and I know Kaysen was really heated when we joined the call. So I'm gonna let you take this one away. Yeah. Um. So a lot of the, a lot of the people that have been talking about this are angry at the Giants because they think they deserve a playoff spot when they only had six wins. 
and it's i understand that like if like it should have it should have never came down to this game if they had more wins it would have never came down to this game but the fact that doug peterson gets paid millions of dollars to go out and win football games and he pulled his starting quarterback to put in nate sutterfield that just that that makes no sense to me and the thing that really got to me was uh, I saw a video of Jalen Hurts on the sideline, and he was uh, I couldn't I can't remember exactly what he mouthed, but it was something like "You got to be kidding me!" or like this "Yeah, can't I, be, think, this I think I think he said real. that uh, he was like, like, "It's not fair," or like, "Like I just don't understand." The thing and the thing that really gets me is Jalen Hurts oh, yeah. is playing a hell of a game. Like, yeah. there was no reason for him to be taken off. The I, field. I remember. Um, sorry, Case, but and, I remember that. Uh, that game, they were really focused on the Eagles O line, and they were showing them on the sidelines, and they were livid. Obviously, as players, it's hard to kind of stand up to your coach in that way, but like, you can tell that it was a bad choice when your O linemen are pretty frustrated at it as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, another thing, I don't, about- I don't agree with anything that uh, he did. I mean, as a coach, that's I mean, that's really BS. But uh. I don't know. I, I don't have any sympathy for the Giants players. I just, I mean, bottom line, you need to win more than seven games to be able to make the playoffs. And you shouldn't complain if, I mean, you have a losing record yeah. and you don't. I mean, make you're the in playoffs. the worst division in football. You gotta. And I understand that, but the thing is, it, it kind of sucks that they they were still in the opportunity to be a playoff team, and that the fact that it came down to something as low. As what I, I I'd, ha- I'd have to say it was tanking. There's no other. There's, there's no other, no other way around. It. it it was it was it was tanking for sure. I feel like I feel like you guys are uh, overestimating Doug <laughs> Peterson true. a little bit. I mean, <laughs> that is, one that of the worst true. coaches is, in the yeah, NFL, yeah, guys. Come on. I and I think I think he planned um, it because in the week before he talked about how um, he wanted to get Sutfield in the game one way or another. And I think he knew he was going to get backlash for it, so he needed to just, like, prepare. Just he needed some backup just to show that he already wanted to do that, when in reality, I don't think he wanted to win that game. Yeah. I mean, he, was, also, he could be taken was, for a lower draft pick, too. I mean, that could have been the difference in a great player like Devontae Smith. Or, well, and, and you, you, know. you, you draft. There was a play during the game. No, you're good. That I wanted to sorry, that just give me a second. Yeah, there was a play during the game that I actually kind of wanted to call out. Uh, I don't, I don't know what his name is. Number seventy six for the Eagles D line took a cheap shot at oh, Alex I Smith, that. and that I did kind see of, that. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was, it was a very clear neutral zone infraction, and then he proceeded to dive at Alex Smith's bad, bad leg. Anytime that kind of, uh, anyone's that kind of near his me. legs, I just, they just scared. Like I just, especially like that. Yeah, yeah, especially something so intentional. Like, come on, man. That that I, it, yeah, I feel like he should have been just... the game for that. And another thing that really pissed me off was that not a single Redskin, uh, yeah, stood up for Alex Smith. Like, I yeah. didn't, I didn't see anyone trying. I'm not saying like throw on, punches on the on the other side of that. I remember towards the end of the game when Setfield was in, when there was like two plays left. The Eagles aligned twice, didn't block a single person, and literally just let them get destroyed. 
I don't know if that was on purpose or miscommunication, but they just stepped aside. Like they just gave him away and just let him rock him. And I don't know if that was on purpose, but I think <laughs> like it I was mean, terrible. That had to have been on purpose because the Eagles line is all yeah. They're all well, above average, you know. And for me, when it comes like, down to line. like him pulling Jalen Hurts, you took him like in the draft pretty early to not play him. Like I don't like. Yeah, like our third I think, round, I think. Are you looking Second, at Sutfield to see if yeah. he's a better option than Wentz and Jalen Hurts? Like, there's, there was, I just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. I can understand that if or you're uh, getting blown out, playing good. But I mean, he came in and he came in and he's been elite ever since he came in. I mean, when he got pulled, he already had two rushing touchdowns, and he was keeping them in that game against, I mean, a pretty solid Washington. Yeah football team you know what no, i mean it just it it just doesn't make any sense it really sucks like yeah the giants should they should have won more games but it's like it just i just see a lot of uh people saying it just ruins the integrity of the game in a way because like like it just makes it look bad it like really you don't does. want like i think i think something that was really interesting was uh the center for the eagles jason kelly uh a few weeks ago, he was actually like he was talking about how tanking yeah. should never be a part of the game. And I saw that every video. time you got to play, well, I think JJ Watt. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the interview he had, but he said he said it best. Like, if you're not here to, if you're not here to p- play hard and win games, you can stay in the parking lot. Like, it just I, unless if the uh, Eagles administration told Peterson to green light and tank it, I he he needs to be gone, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I think they've already announced that yeah. they're keeping. And he said that he's going to try to um, fix the situation with Carson Wentz, which just like, I mean, that's such a tough situation because he has such a huge contract, and I mean, he's just really he's not. not getting the job done. Uh, he's not mobile enough in the in the pocket, and he's just getting sacked mm-hmm. a ton. And uh, yeah, I mean. You need a mobile quarterback back there like Jalen Hurts who can scramble. And, I mean, he's been killing it because they have nice weapons. And, I, I mean, they're really screwed with Carson Wentz because nobody's going to no, take I mean, that big of a contract. I mean, if a team's desperate enough and they need it, I could see it happening. Um, and it's not like the Eagles can just release them because then there's just dead money on, on bankroll. So I'm really curious to see how they handle it. But Peterson's there and nothing's going to get done right. Which, speaking yeah, of Peterson, kind of does take us to our next point. Um, a lot of coaches today were let go or fired, which a lot of them, I believe, should have been let go or fired a long time ago. Um, today, the ones that were let go were Adam Gase of the Jets, Anthony Lynn of the Jaguars, and, or sorry, Anthony Lynn of the Chargers, my bad, and uh, Doug Marone of the Jaguars. Those were let go today. Um, I think a lot of us can agree that their time was up a little bit ago. I think Anthony Lynn deserved to finish out the season. Um, but Gase, he did. He did. That's what I'm saying. Didn't he, though? He did. But the other two, yeah, I think, yeah. should have been given the axe at least midseason. At least Gase, in my opinion. Um, but I think... I'm, actually, I'm not a big fan of teams cutting midseason. I think it's uh, I think you hired that coach for that year and – I think it's kind of respectful to them to, even if they're not doing a great job, to let them stay through the year. 
Yeah, for sure. I remember years back, the Packers uh, cut Mike McCarthy uh, six games into the yeah, season. Yeah, I do think I do think that's a little different because I mean the Packers right. were a good team, whereas the Jets were zero and eight yeah. or whatever midseason. Like, at least try to give a mix up, um, and maybe like you fire him and your coordinator does a lot better job and he could fill the role like. I, I don't know. I think that if you're in a situation like the Jets, you need to let me just blow it up as much as you can and just see if you can find a hidden gem. Um, this case, man. This is- yeah, uh, he he had a really he has he has a really solid quarterback in Sam Darnold. And I don't, I don't think people give Darnold enough credit. I he's he he made some really great throws this year, but the the team that was put around him for one and the play calling was just never really good. His, his I mean, line was atrocious. I mean, I do think Sam Darnold has the capability of being an elite passer. I mean, in a, maybe a year or two, absolutely, if he uh, sure. gets a good coach around him and a good, a good, I think there's weapons, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good options yeah, for, sure. for the Jets to pick as a coach this year. There's a lot of good options at the college level people are talking about. There's a lot of coordinators at the league who are really good. I think it'd be interesting to see who they can pull in there. Um, I, in my opinion, I think that they made the mistake of hiring a coordinator as their coach to take on the Jets. I think you need a veteran coach who knows what they're doing, who's done it before. Um, and I've been saying this for a while, and I think this could be considered a little bit of a, a little hot take, but I think it'd be interesting to see them pull up like a Jim Harbaugh. I know Michigan's not been doing very good, but I think he's he's won games in the NFL. He's been to a Super Bowl. He knows what it's like to coach an NFL team. I think someone, maybe not exactly Jim Harbaugh, but something like that, someone who's done it before. Yeah. Well, I Harbaugh think... was successful in the NFL. He just he just can't get it done in college. Yeah, I think I think Harbaugh is actually a a great name to pull up because you're putting him on a team that, like, they they have no success. I mean, you can't get much worse than you are right now. I think you take a shot with Harbaugh and see if he can bring that, that's that Super Bowl experience, like you said. See if he can build up this team. See if he can build up Darnold. And just see what, he can't get much. He can't get worse than Gase. I mean, well, you lose. You don't lose and, anything. And you, I think he'd be intrigued because you got the second pick in a loaded draft class. Um, he could really go any direction he wants to, really. I mean, I think, and for Gase, like, I think we all can also agree he's a bad head coach, but he was a pretty good coordinator. Um, I think he'd be better as a coordinator. I think there's a couple other guys who've been let go that should have stayed as coordinators. Um, I know that um, Alabama, yeah. their offensive coordinator, yeah. is going to a new team, and I know that Saban was interested in bringing in. Adam Gase or Bill O'Brien, another name we'll be talking about in a second as a coordinator, which I think, I think that could help him. Um, obviously, I mean it's a it's a good. I mean Alabama is a good job to take as OC, but I don't think that he should be considered as a head coach ever again. Um, and then Anthony Lynn, I mean he had his time in uh, as a Charger for a while. I think his problem was a lot of his play calling was pretty suspect. He had a, I mean he had a great team, like their team should not be losing as many games as they did. Like, I don't know. I think another obvious mistake. Oh, yeah. His his game time management. 
It was so bad. That is so awful. You got a young quarterback who's killing it. You got like a great receiving core, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I still never understood how it took him so long to give Herbert yeah, the starting job over right Tyrod. It was yeah. only two and games. Even though, in right? the, even... Uh, even then, though, I still feel like if that <laughs> random mishap with the trainer never happened, I honestly don't think he would have given the job to Herbert, even though it's pretty obvious. Okay, wait. On a side note, whose idea was for that trainer? That because he, the trainer who uh, punctured Tyrod's lung, was the guy who also gave Herbert his haircut. (laughs) 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 I think that guy should have should have been let go before the win. (laughs) Those are two terrible. Those are two terrible uh, (laughs) mockeries. Well, I mean. That's he true. helped the team a lot more than fucking Lynn did. He gave That's Herbert true. the starting job. I, fuck letting him go. Give the guy a raise. That's true. What the fuck? Uh, That's funny. Promote him. That's the guy funny. damn near saved the franchise. That's funny. Uh, what were you saying? I don't know. I can, uh, I can understand why you wait to set a quarterback till sophomore year and let him develop. I mean, look at some of the best quarterbacks in the league right now in uh, – who waited till their sophomore year? Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, they all sat out their entire freshman year and played their sophomore yeah. year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's fair. I, in my opinion, um, I thought like when I said this, people didn't agree with me. But I thought Herbert. I think you, you agreed with me, Brody. We both thought Herbert was probably going to be the best quarterback in the class. For me, like Burrow was a fifth year. He was a fee redshirt one, so he's a fifth year quarterback, and he had one. I'm not going to discredit his season. Like, it was phenomenal. One of the best seasons you've seen. But he had one phenomenal season. Tua, injury prone. I mean, I just thought Herbert was built the best out of all of them to be ready for the pros. And I thought that he should have got the start for that reason. And I still stand by that. Yeah, he was He was easily the most pro ready. And Burrow will, Burrow will be good. I have faith Burrow yeah. will be good, but I don't think he'll be. I don't That is true. to give him another line, man. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Burrow or just the Bengals in general, holy fuck! Yeah, they, like guys like Mixon, like they gotta they gotta put an O line on that team, man. They have so yeah. much talent on their offense, but their O line is just Tyler Boyd is job, maybe the most underrated yeah. receiver in the NFL. I mean, he's a and stud. another guy on that. Yeah. I think T Higgins is going to be. And I know AJ Green. I know AJ Green's too. like on the down, like huge. on the other side of his career, but like he's still a good receiver. Like there's like I, I know like Burrow got hurt, which obviously sucks, but I think that if if Green stays and those receivers stay healthy, they could be good next year if they put together a line. And if they don't like pursue linemen this offseason and in the draft. Herbert should just or uh, Burrow should just retire early because he's just gonna blow his knee out again. It's just I don't know. <laughs> but one of the most intriguing jobs to take now would be the Jaguars because they have the number one pick in the draft now with Marone being gone. And with Marone, I don't I don't really know what his issue was in Jacksonville. I, I mean, they did blow it up. Like I feel like more than once in his time there. Which kind of like which will will look bad on you because your record's gonna be bad because your, your team's blowing up a bunch. Um, but yeah, I don't really that one that job is intriguing, but I don't really know what he did wrong in Jacksonville. Yeah, me neither. And I've actually heard uh, rumors about who might replace him. I heard Ryan Day 
might be an option to replace him, head coach of Ohio State. But I think that's a little I, bold. I was reading an article today that, know, that Urban Meyer is uh, is their number one choice and also Ryan Day. But uh, Urban Meyer put it he wants $12 million a year to come out of retirement and be their coach, um, which I'm not familiar with coach contracts very much. I don't think that's uh, – For, for a three-time, I think, national champion. Uh, now, I do see why he's – someone you yeah. stray away from because of his scandals that he's left behind both at Florida and Ohio state. But I mean, he's a phenomenal football coach yeah. and you could be getting a generational quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, or if you want to you know, go to left field, I don't think taking Justin Fields number one's even that crazy either. Um, but I mean, it'll be an intriguing job to have. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do think Lawrence will be the first pick, but, uh, my boy, uh, Justin Fields kind of yeah. put on a show. show he, 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 was, he was incredible that game. In the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, I mean, nobody can deny that, but I mean, I've said it to you guys before, but, uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. I mean, he's the best QB prospect Probably we've seen in 10, 11 years. So, I mean, there's nothing that Justin Fields could do that could ever change Trevor Lawrence going number one. I mean, I think if Justin Fields can really go crazy in the natty, which we'll talk about later on, you never know. So you never know who, uh, it really just depends on who the coach is there because they have their own opinions on it. Now, I, I think another good job to look at is Dan Quinn's job at Atlanta. I mean, out of all those teams who are win now, I think the Atlanta job and even Houston job, Bill O'Brien being gone, are both really enticing jobs. I'm curious which one you would rather like. If you were to pick between those two, the Falcons or the Texans, which one would you? I mean, that's a tough one, but I'd I'd probably stick with the Falcons. Uh, Bill O'Brien really ruined that team and mm-hmm. messed up its whole future. I mean they're spending more than any other team and yeah. on players and they have no draft picks and it's just a weak overall team. But I feel like you have the base of some, some sort of good football yeah. team in Atlanta. Kason. Uh, with the Falcons, do you guys, do you guys think that these, these Julio trade rumors, uh, how, how are you feeling about that? Do you think, do you think they should trade him or do you think they should stay in win now mode? Cause I think Matt Ryan is obviously living his prime. I mean, I I think I think I that's think fair, especially with a new coach coming in. Them, but and like Ryan's trade value and Julio's trade value will only go yeah. down from here. Um, yeah, and sure. I, as much as I love Julio, and I know he's, I mean, probably a top ten receiver of all time, he's really not getting much done right now at this point but you could still trade yeah. him for so much so I, if it were my choice i would probably trade julio you have a great young receiver in calvin ridley russell gage is a stud uh i mean you still have good wide out threats uh and matt ryan is probably going to get replaced this year if not next and i mean i they're gonna if have you're, you're going to trade matt ryan you, know? you do it this year this quarterback class is really yeah. deep um you can get someone late to. Yeah, your O line's good. 
you already have a really I'm, good If I'm not mistaken, to, I think they have protect, some young pieces on defense. They're, they're, they're middle so. linebacker. Um, yeah, like, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Eddie Jarrett is a top five D tackle um, in the league. I think that they, I think with the new coach, I think it's time to move on. And they had their shot. They had their shot in the Super Bowl, but, I mean, they couldn't handle it. I mean, my boy, Patriots, just kind of came back. And ever since then, they were downhill from there. I mean, I think personally they should have looked at blowing it up last season before because Julio was better. Matt Ryan was better. I think that you can get Julio. You can probably get a good – you probably get a first out of Julio from a team who needs a receiver who's ready to win now. Um, um, but yeah, I think with the Texans job, obviously the For enticing sure. thing about that is Deshaun Watson's over there. And he – I mean, he led the league in passing yards this year. and He can only get better. And he led the league in passing yards this year with a team who is just terrible. I mean, and I think it would be interesting to bring up. I know with the Jets job, I said you need someone who's ready, but I think bringing in a young coach from college like Lincoln Riley to pair up with Deshaun Watson would be really interesting, in my opinion. Uh, they they exactly. don't call him the QB whisperer for nothing. I mean, he could go in there and make I a think big so splash. And Bill O'Brien, like, he just it, – it'd be tough. It's a tough job to take. They have no future. They spent all their money on Laramie Tunsil instead of John Hopkins and traded him away for a bag of chips. And – They don't have a Would have been the third pick. Year. They, uh, yeah. It's just yeah. – I mean, which could have been Penny Sewell, which – I mean, yeah, would have been insane. He, for that Sean Watson definitely needs help with, with the line. I mean, yeah, no, and they and I mean they just they need receivers too. I mean, Cooks is good, but I don't see him as a number one seat receiver anymore. Um, Stills is gone. Will Will, for, Will Fuller's but, a nice number two. Yeah, they just they don't they don't have a number one guy. I, they have they have guys that can open up the field like Fuller, but. They don't have a number one really so, solid I mean, guy. It might be time for them to blow it up a little bit and try to get pieces. Because you got to – it sucks for Deshaun Watson because he does not want to be rebuilding. And what is this, his third season, his fourth season coming up? Um, and I feel I just feel bad for J.J. Watt. He deserves better. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I want him yeah, to get a Super Bowl. I think he's got so much that – it may be time for them to go their separate ways. I think that the Texans should do them a favor and send them off. Which which sucks. It'd be weird seeing them in a different uniform. Yeah. But man. And Bill O'Brien was also one of the names that came up in the OC job uh, to be paired up with Saban, Alabama, which is interesting as well. Um, But yeah, that's another coach who just should never have been a head coach and should have stayed with uh, as an assistant. Which, as well as the next name up, Matt Patricia, uh, ex-Patriots D coordinator down in Detroit. Um, he just does not know how to run a football team straight up. Like, that team was good. Like, I think Stafford gets a lot of hate. I think Stafford's a great quarterback. Um, Marvin Jones is For a no great reason. receiver. Yeah, Kenny Galladay is a great receiver. DeAndre Sitt, Swift this Kenny year really Galladay. came out of, of his own and yes. looked really good. Um, Stafford, Stafford is like... He's good, and he's a tough sob. Like he had no like reason to play in this last game. Like he was hurt, 
but he didn't care. He loves football. And I think, I think, mm-hmm. I think he should want to get out of there if they don't bring in a great coach. I think he deserves to win. Um, personally, I wouldn't mind him coming on down to New England with Marvin Jones and kind of do some crazy stuff there. But I think Patricia needs to just stick with coaching just the defense. Yeah, I mean, he'd come yeah. in and be an elite D coordinator anywhere he went, but he just he, he doesn't have it in him to be a head coach. I think whoever replaces him needs to really work with uh, Jeff Okuda because that guy was a huge prospect coming out of college. And I think that they do need to go uh, with a defensive-minded head coach because their offense can put up points. Like, if they keep Stafford in them, yes. um, like, obviously they put up points. Their OC did a great job this year. But is their defense? I just lost in games, Every, like all the time. And I think that's like that's I think that's the case for a lot of these teams. Um, that, I mean, in my opinion, defense wins championships. I know that the league has changed where you got to put up points, but if you can stop teams from putting up those points, like that's how you win games. Like Patricia, when he was with New England, he had one of the best defenses of all time down there. Like he put together some great teams, but I don't know, man. Uh. Who I think would be a really great head coach for uh, the Lions would be defense coordinator of the 49ers, Robert Saleh. Uh, he was actually born in Dearborn, Michigan, and he went to college in northern Michigan. So, I mean, you could send him home. And, I mean, that's an, that's a great defensive coordinator who I oh, think I has the capability. Of there are times when that, that their games are going on, and sometimes I think he's head coaching the 49ers because he is – I mean, he's someone you want to like look up to. Like, he's loud. He gets excited. He's young. Like, I want I want him to coach my. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that kind of wraps up the coaching carousel. There are two people that we that we want to talk about as well. Kaysen's very own Vic Fangio. Uh, I kind of wanted to bring up Vic Fangio because um, this is just me as a Broncos fan. He's I made a lot of questionable decisions this year. Um, personally, uh, you can't blame it all on him because John Elway is an awful GM. He just, he doesn't know what he's doing. I think taking Jerry Judy in the draft over CD, I'm still upset about that. I still think that was an awful pick. Um, I think paying Melvin Gordon money was a terrible idea. The guy is just a fumble machine. And... Man, I don't, I don't know. I th- Philip Lindsay was so good. There was just no reason. There was no reason to bring in Melvin, in my opinion. And he just he fumbles so much. It just, it doesn't make sense. And I, I think, I feel like, I feel like Philip has, he's been injured a few times, but he's shown that he's worth the contract. He's, he deserves to get paid, and he's, he's shown that. He Do you can think you lost the starting running back for this offense? Uh, at I think coming into the season, I thought he could have been, but no, he's. I just he's, remember he said. I just remember him watching his like year. his games. Made some he, they played the throws. Patriots this year. I think it was when they were playing the Raiders, though. Um, in the pocket, his passes like he's just not accurate. But anytime he's rolling out to his right, he's always on the money. But like you can't make a career out of rolling out to your right and throwing passes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the thing we. Were, I feel like I feel like we run a very stagnant offense, like very simple, 
not nothing really complicated at all. Just a lot of play action, a lot of handing off the ball. He he's not he, he's not very accurate. I do agree. Rolling out, he he's made some really good throws, but it's also not all his fault. Jerry Judy, uh, he's a great route runner, but he really needs to work on his hands. He may, I was really excited to see how uh, Drew Locke and Noah uh, Fant Font. Uh, I thought they were going to really blow up this year. I think Font can be really good. I just think Drew Locke's really got to give it to him. Um, I think uh, Font finished like he either broke the record or he was one or two receptions short of the. Yeah franchise record for tight ends and receptions in the season this season so he he had a really good season uh they played they played pretty well together but i think font's a stud i just i don't think Locke is the answer and i don't think fangio yeah and it seems like there hasn't really been much speculation of him getting the boot yet i'd say he's definitely on the hot seat for sure um but i don't think they're gonna move on from just yet um and same thing with doug peterson unfortunately i mean we all talked about that earlier it just he's just made I mean he's won a Super Bowl, yeah. Somehow yeah, that, that still hurts me. Just, at this at this point, it's not a matter of to me, it's a matter of like he literally spit on the I game. Agree. He doesn't deserve to have a job after what he did. And it was so blatant and obvious, like Which I mean, I'm like I get excited when coaches get fired, which sounds weird because I love the hunt and I love pairing up know coaches with teams but the offseason is here for them but for some teams we're in the postseason playoffs which is really exciting playoff football is awesome and i'm actually curious on how you guys feel about them expanding the playoffs this year and how you think it'll make things different um i like the idea that more teams are in the playoffs but uh i think it's flawed because there's teams like the dolphins who had one of their best seasons in a while, going ten and six? They don't make the playoffs when a team like Washington they went seven and nine. They're Washington is a decent team. Don't get me wrong, but I, it's just like it's stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I just think it's flawed like for me when it know. comes to that division. They they're going to be hosting Tampa Bay, like they get a home game because they earned it, quote unquote. By winning their division when Tampa Bay, a much better team, played much better, they deserve a home game. But just because of how the system's yeah. made, they're the ones who get it, which does suck. And I mean, if we're looking at the new system, if it wasn't like this, the Colts, also a 10 and 6 team, wouldn't have made it. So I mean, but, and it also, to me, it makes number one seed mm-hmm. that much more valuable because now they're the only ones who get a first round bye, which I think is makes the chase a lot better probably um which has always been a big chase for it because you want home field advantage with the playoffs obviously but yeah i just felt like it was very random i, I uh did you, did you know that washington is the first team ever to start two and seven to make the playoffs <sighs> oh god <laughs> really I, yeah it's never happened in the history of the NFL. I guess, uh, I th- I guess moving on from the rain really worked out. I, as soon as they picked him in the draft, I cringed because <laughs> I just knew he was not. He wasn't going to make a big splash. I thought they should have just. 
I don't know. He was not. He did not look good. Like, yeah, college he seemed all right, but I did not think he was going to be a good NFL quarterback because he was like he was a mix. I couldn't tell if he wanted to be a pocket passer or a running quarterback. Like that's where I was like lost. Like he was mobile, but like I don't know. But I really did enjoy Alex Smith getting to play a football yeah. game this year, which we'll get to later. But he was not. But um, yeah. let's talk about who or which game we think will be most exciting this weekend. Because there is a good slate of games. Um, and I'm curious about which one you're most excited to watch. Um, Despite my frustrations with the Philadelphia-Washington game, my the game I'm most excited for is... Washington and the Bucks. Uh, I'll get more into it with my hot take later, but uh, I'm actually really excited to see what Washington does in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to be a biased fan here. I'm excited for the Ravens game. I think the Ravens have a really dynamic uh, defense, and I think that uh, Titans offense is scary with Derrick Henry, and I, I just seeing them go head to head. I think both of them are exciting. Very acceptable. I really want to see how Washington does um, against that offense. Um, but I think the game I'm looking forward to the most, I think, will be the Seahawks-Rams game. Um, that's a division game, which is – those are always really good. Um, the Seahawks offense can just go crazy, and their defense right now is kind of picking it up at the best the best time they can. I mean, when they played the Rams last uh, – they didn't allow a touchdown, and that's the first time the Rams haven't scored a touchdown all season. But, man, that Rams team can – yeah, they lost to the Jets, but they they can they can pop off. I mean, but the one thing that I did forget is that Jared Goff might not be able to play. So if Jared Goff is not under center, I don't think that – I think that game will be won easily by the Seahawks. Unfortunately. Yeah. Browns are a super dynamic team, and – the Steelers with Big Ben, I mean, I think that's going to be a shootout. Yeah, I think, I think with that game, really a game. lot of it relies on Baker making good choices because this year, I mean, when he when he's on, he's on. But there are some games where he just will throw three picks. Like, but man. And, there, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a big game when it comes to Miles Garrett and that whole thing a couple of years ago. I mean, there's always tensions high when those games are on. But I think that's a good one to watch. I think all the games are going to be really good this weekend. I think the only one that I think that could be really lopsided could be the Saints-Bears game, just because that Saints offense can torch those Bears DBs. But I think if Trubisky can give Robinson the ball, I think they can make it interesting as well. Uh, speaking of that Miles Garrett stuff, did you guys see the picture of Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph after the game? Mason Rudolph posted a picture of the, uh, two of them shaking hands, and the caption was "onward that. and upward," I believe. Oh yeah, I, I do. But yeah, that. I mean this week, this, this upcoming it. weekend is really exciting. I mean, the first time ever triple headers on Saturday and Sunday, um, with the expansion of the playoffs. Um, but I think we're going to turn into the next championship game of football coming up, which is the national championship. And I think we want to touch on how the Sugar Bowl and Rose Bowl went this weekend. Um, I watched both games, um, and man, there were some beat downs put down, some amazing performance were made. Um, I think we should talk about the Rose Bowl first with Notre Dame and Alabama. Um, the final score is 31 to 14 with Alabama coming on top. Um, 
I think there's one performance that really stood out above the rest, and that is Devontae Smith. Yeah, I mean, a ton of SEC coaches have said that he's the best wide receiver they've ever watched play. I mean, and that's saying a lot because the SEC is such a dominant division in football. I mean, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but uh, I think this is the best college offense I've ever seen play with Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith. I, I just don't see – I mean, after what they did in Notre Dame, I don't see how Ohio State can stop them at all. Yeah, I think I think Devontae's performance and uh, the Rose Bowl um, really solidified my point in that I think he should be the Heisman easily. Oh, yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. He, he um, 130 yards, three touchdowns, and a big game like that. Um, I think I think they should hand him the trophy as well. I understand. Yeah. I understand that people want Trevor Lawrence. They want Trevor Lawrence to win the Heisman. They want. I know Dabo. Trevor Lawrence uh, he is. Even a finalist, I think right? the four the four finalists. I'm pretty sure? sure are Trevor Lawrence, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones. Um, is it Najee? I thought Mac Jones was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Mac Jones. Devontae Smith, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Trask. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's Mac Jones, yeah, Trevor Kyle Lawrence, Devontae Smith, Kyle. Kyle. And Kyle, I mean, Kyle Trask really threw away all his chances yeah. in that Oklahoma game. No, I mean, he, he played terrible. It, which really sucks. It really sucks that your last game that point, with but... the team you've played so hard for. Kind of just it, it ends on a sour note, um, but. Before that, before that game, I probably would have argued for him as my MVP. I mean, he played that good. Who are you giving it to now? But, I mean, it, it was just so showing. It's got to be I Devontae agree. Smith for me. I've never seen. I a agree. If like they do before. give it to Trevor Lawrence, I'll be very frustrated. Like I said, Dabo was saying that if you don't put the name like Trevor Lawrence on that trophy, it's a shame. But it's not the name that you're putting the trophy. You're awarding it to the best player of the season and Devonta Smith that that also isn't the first questionable right so let's get to the sugar bowl shall we the sugar bowl finals final <laughs> score was 49 to 28 to ohio state over clemson um trevor lawrence 400 yards two touchdowns and a pick justin fields 385 yards six touchdowns and a pick um man did justin fields have quite the game uh, yeah i mean one of the best showings of a quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, and even like even the running lot. back Sermon, 193 yards and a touchdown. He is. Yeah, he yeah. also had four receptions for 60 yards as well. He was and he was uh, Olave, I think is his name, the number one receiver, 132 yards, two touchdowns. That whole offense is looking really good. Two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I personally think that this weekend, or uh, when the when the Natty's playing, I think that game is going to be really good. But I do think we all agree on Ohio State's DBs. I mean, you just got to figure out how to stop Devonta Smith. Yeah. One thing that does scare me was uh, Cornell Powell, which uh, Clemson's number one receiver. He was he was lighting up. I mean, he, he was lighting up Ohio State's DBs. And that's scary because Cornell Powell isn't Devontae Smith. So I could only imagine what Devontae Smith is going to do to this DB core. Yeah. 
I think it's, it's really gonna be an offensive shootout for sure. I mean, Justin Day is a great coach. I think he could hopefully figure something out to slow him down. You can't stop him. Like you're not gonna stop him. You just gotta slow him down. Um I think I think it's gonna come down to the fact that Alabama's defense is just better than Clemson's. Yeah. I think and they're gonna they're, be able to shut down the pass a little bit. I, I mean you got, yeah. you got a guy like Patrick Sertain who's the best DB in college football right now. You know, I mean, I th- I really think he's just going to be able to lock. I down think if Sermon's going to have another great game on the ground, I mean, if you look at time time of possession this game, um, Ohio State had the ball about ten minutes longer, which I mean is a big number. It's almost a whole quarter. I think if they can pound the rock a lot and just keep the ball mm-hmm. away from Alabama's offense, I think that's how you're going to beat them. Yeah, yeah um, I don't think. I don't think establishing the run game is going to be as easy as they want it to be, though. I, they still have Dylan Moses out there. Elite runs like they're they're going to be able. To so, stop what do you guys game. think will be? Sure. You don't have to give out the final score, but if you have a guess at the final score, I just want to know what you guys your prediction for the game will be. Brody, you want to go? Brody, you want to go first? Oh, sure, I'll go first. Uh, I would say this is a little bold, but uh, I would say. Alabama by wow. plus 14. I was actually going to say Alabama. I think it's going to be, I think it'll be, I don't think it'll be plus 14, but I think, I think it'll be max 14 Alabama. I just don't know how, I think in the end, I think Ohio State will gain steam and put up points, but I think they're going to be putting up points too late. I think Alabama will come on top, but I definitely think Ohio State will make it interesting in the that. end, but I think it's going to be too late to, win the game which is unfortunate but i think it's god i'm so excited to watch that game um now to kind of tie up the end of the show and the end of the nfl season we have come with our list of awards yearly nfl awards um i'm really excited to read off our list because i think some of us disagree on a lot of things um and i think we're gonna start off with defensive rookie of the year um and casey would you like to go first with this one Um, for this one, I just, I, I went with Chase Young. I mean, he had a monster season. He's the leader of that defense. And I think he was one of the main reasons that they're in the playoffs right now. I think he, he really took leadership with that team and he really stepped I up. Do, so I do. I chose I Chase Young as well. well. I mean, I liked watching their games purely because of Chase Young. A lot of people say he didn't have, you know, the sacks. Um, I think he still had. He still had like seven or something. I think even what even in those games where he wasn't putting up those huge sack games, I think I agree. I, I think, the, think impact he was he had, the, lines. the impact he had he on the game for sure getting into the like quarterback alone is enough. Like he does, he's huge. He's like he's a freak of nature. He's he's going to be one of the best pass rushers in the league at some point. Yeah, I think he's yeah. deserving of the award. Now I do believe Brody has a different answer. So I did disagree with you guys here. I just uh, watching him play. I do think he's going to be great eventually. I just don't think he has developed into an NFL pass rusher as fast as you guys think. I think seven and a half sacks is okay for a rookie, but I don't think it's deserving of defensive rookie of the year. I'm going to give my award to Jeremy Chin. Okay. I think watching that guy play, he flew around the field. Uh, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure he leads all rookies in tackles. 
Uh, he's scored twice and he's just such a great player that just, I mean, he can go. I think one on thing, I mean, I think one thing that really sets Chase Young apart is that he was the only defensive, uh, defense or, uh, defensive rookie to be a pro bowler, um, with a loaded pass rushing group. I think that is kind of an impressive feat in my opinion. Um, but that's just kind of my stance on that, which I, I think it's pretty obvious. But I mean, but I do see where you're coming yeah. from. Let I me mean, the being the highest tackler. I mean, that's definitely a big, definitely a big one. Um, I think now we'll move yeah. on to offensive rookie of the year. Um, I'm going to start. Um, I think Herbert has won it. I think it's close. I definitely think it's close. But I think Herbert has okay. like. I mean, he didn't play in one or two games, and he broke like almost all of the rookie passing records as a quarterback. I mean, he he broke the record for uh, completions with 396, breaking Carson Wentz' record of 379. That's a big jump. He's the youngest quarterback in NFL history to throw 30 touchdowns in a single season. He broke the record for passing touchdowns as well as the record for total touchdowns in a season. Um, and as well, just had a phenomenal season. Um, and I think, I think he deserves it. Um, imagine what his stats would have been if he played the whole entire season, all the numbers would be a lot higher and he just looks ready. I know people questioned his leadership in a way, cause he's more of a quiet guy, but from what I saw, a lot of the players really enjoyed playing with him. And I think he's going to be a top quarterback for the years to come. Um, for me, uh, I think it's going to be Jefferson. Um, he breaking Anquan Bolden's receiving yards record. That really shocked me. It didn't seem like at the start of the year that he would come close, but he, he really turned it up towards the second half of the season. And he's also a really energetic guy. He brings a lot of energy to the offense. Um, yeah. And I think as a rookie, to put up numbers that Randy Moss was putting up, he broke. He did break the franchise record too, as well. Obviously, I think putting up numbers so similar to Randy Moss, I think that's very impressive because I Randy Moss was just a, an animal, at, and I think putting up numbers that even come close to him is an impressive feat. Let him, let him, let alone breaking them. So, uh, I think it's going to be Justin Jefferson. I'm going to agree with you there, Kason. I just. Uh... There's one thing that's really uh, holding me back with uh, Justin Herbert is I just I don't think he can win as a quarterback. I understand that he started to win at the end of the season. I mean, but I just I, wins is a stat you have to count as a quarterback. And I mean, he was very unsuccessful in the beginning of the season. And I just don't think he got it. Justin Jefferson got it done where, I mean, he came in and he changed that offense. You know what I mean? And he's really established himself as one of the best wide receivers in the league where I don't think uh, Justin Herbert's done that. I, I'm going to disagree with that one stat because I think we can tie a lot of those, all those losses really weren't like his fault. And a lot of the losses were really close. Like in I think his, his first game starting, he took the chiefs to a last second field goal. Um, a lot of that was also the time management case and mentioned with uh, Anthony Lynn on um, their defense, just screwing up in the end of games. I don't really think the losses were his fault. I mean, yeah, he should have put him in a better position by scoring more points, but I think, 
I don't think those losses are his fault at all, in my opinion. Uh, quarterback is the only position where you need to count wins and losses as a stat to define if you're good or not. And I just don't think Justin Herbert can get it done and be a clutch quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's shown that he can. He always plays close games, and it's just I, I don't, I don't think he's going to get it done like the some of the other quarterbacks playing today. Well, I disagree, but I do see where you're coming from, and and I love the guy because I'm an Oregon fan. That's fair. That's so fair. this is hard for me to say. That is fair. Kason, any last thoughts on that? Uh, no, I think he touched up on it. Yeah, I, I, I still think I, I, I think Justin Jefferson. He just, he really, he really showed me something this season. So I, I think he's going to be a really good player in the near future. Moving on to how about Coach of the Year, uh, Brody? Who do you think will win Coach of the Year? Uh, I like Kevin Stefanski for Coach of the Year. I think he really turned around that team after poor coaching. And, I mean, I think it was a five-point switch and, uh, like, a five-game switch and uh, wins and losses. And I just I, – I really think he's done special things for that team, leading them to their first playoff bout in uh, 18 years. I don't even think you were born, Kaysen, last time they were in the playoffs. <laughs> so uh, – that really says something about what he did for this team. Uh, for me, it's Rivera. And I know that's a super popular pick, but uh, he he had cancer this, this season, obviously. Um, uh, he, he battled through it. He, he really led, he led the team to the playoffs. And one thing I've, I thought that was really interesting that really like sold it for me was I didn't know this. There were, there were games where he had to go in during halftime and take IVs just so he could coach the second half of the game. Wow. And he showed a lot of heart this season and getting the, I think getting the team to the playoffs really solidified the fact that he should win coach of the year. I didn't even think of that one actually. Dang. That is really impressive. Um, the, the option or the choice that I made, I think is Sean McDermott of the bills. Um, like that team this year, I mean, the second seed from, you know, the come up that they've had from being just in the AFC East and getting beat down by the Patriots every year, they really took a big jump. And him going out and getting Stephon Diggs was just a great yeah. move. Um, that really put that team over. Josh Allen, incredible quarterback. Um, but I think getting that second seed in the AFC really just kind of separates them from the rest. Um, they just had a phenomenal year with him running the show, and I think that he kind of, from the improvements they've made, I think he deserves the nod for that one. Um, and then I think we all can agree on comeback player of the year. Um, if they don't give it to Alex Smith, um, I think I'm never going to watch football again. I, <laughs> I can genuinely do not understand how you cannot yeah. unanimously give it to him. And I think, I think this has been going on in the media a lot, I think they should rename the trophy after him. Like legitimately, he he uh, wasn't like, yeah. like for one he wasn't. They told him he might not even live because of his injury. He got a bacteria in his leg that he could have lost his leg. They told him he was never going to walk again. Forget even thinking about playing football. But he was starting Sunday night football and led his team to a playoff win or to the playoffs. And that's just yeah. incredible. Seventeen surgeries in 
nine months. I think they said he had a surgery every two it's weeks. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, I would have given him the award if, uh, even if he didn't play a single snap, but leading the team to a playoff game, I, I there's no way they can't give him that award. For sure. Um, moving on to uh, let's go. Let's look at defensive MVP, defensive player of the year. So for defensive player of the year, I think it's TJ Watt. Uh, he led the league in sacks this year, uh, as well as having a career high in tackles for loss by nine, which I think is insane. Um, he also had forty-one QB hits. He, I think, I think the thing that really sold it for me though was he was like really the big dog on his defense, like. He made he made everyone on his defense better. He he played with he plays with so much energy and passion. He reminds me a lot of his brother JJ. Um, but yeah, he's just he, he's he's an animal. Uh, I think I've always been biased for defense player of the year towards sack leaders, and I'm willing to admit that. But I I think I think having a career high career high in tackles for loss by plus nine is a pretty insane feat as well. Yeah. Uh, Brody on that okay so my defensive player of the year is Xavier Howard and it's not close uh, I think he's just had one of the greatest defensive back seasons in NFL history he had 10 interceptions which the last person to have 10 interceptions in a season was Antonio Cromartie in 2007 if you look at their di- uh, if you look at completion percentages on the corners, in 2020, uh, Zayvon Howard's completion percentage was 48.4, which was the lowest in the NFL. It really shows how dominant of a DB he is. Yeah. Um, for me, I've been really torn. Um, it's really hard to stray away from just someone so dominant like Aaron Donald. Um I don't think they'll give it to him, though. I think he gets a lot of... I think he's going to get, like, a voter's fatigue in a way, if you know what that is. Like, he's constantly up there. They're going to want to give it to someone new. I would probably give it to J.J. Watt. I do agree... Or T.J. Watt, excuse me. I do agree with Kaysen on that one. Um, I mean, leading the league in sacks, career high in uh, tackles for loss. He looks good. I would personally give it to Aaron Donald. I do believe T.J. Watt will get it. Um, Your case for Xavon Howard's really good as well. Um, When it comes to the picks, though... um, my man J.C. Jackson was one pick behind him with nine as well. I think he had an incredible year, um, but I do think they'll be handing the tr- uh, trophy to T.J. Watt, but I really do believe it should be Aaron Donald. But I think there's a lot of good defenders this this year. Um, but, man, I think that Aaron Donald is just – we can all agree that he's just absolutely insane. Um, yeah, he's he's the best defensive player in the NFL, but he just doesn't have the sat, uh, stats because he's an inside defensive lineman, and you just don't get the same stats as a outside pass. Yeah, well, I mean, like if you do look Watt. at the numbers, he's only one and a half sacks it's, behind. He's only a sack and a half behind. Yeah, and I mean, he's getting double teamed every he's play. He's still dominant like yeah. that. He's six. He has six less tackles for yeah. loss. Um, I don't know, man. I'd give it to him, but I think they'll give it to T.J. Watt. It's close. It is close. Um, for the MVP race, I definitely think that the whole year is pretty up and down. I mean, I was convinced Russell Wilson was going to run away with it the first few games of the season. Um, he definitely put up some crazy numbers. 
But I think when it comes down to it, I think Aaron Rodgers took the case, in my opinion. He locked up the first seed. I'm pretty sure he led the league in passing touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. He just, I think he was the most valuable player for his team. Um, besides Devontae Adams, they didn't have the best receiving core. Tanyan came out and really uh, overperformed what people thought. But man, he is just an animal. Um, I think he deserves the award. I think that the last three weeks, it was close between him and Mahomes. Um, but I think Aaron Rodgers really separated himself from Mahomes in the last few games, for sure. Um, uh, what do you guys think? Um, I feel like there really isn't that much to say. I think you covered it all. I just, Aaron Rodgers played phenomenal this season, and he. I mean, it was really going to go to a quarterback, whoever it was. I mean, being Russell, Patrick Mahomes, or Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers just outplayed all of them throughout the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree that it, it it's obviously Rodgers for me. But I will say this. I would not be mad if they gave the MVP award to Josh Allen. Uh, I know that's kind of bold, but... Uh, he really outdid himself this season, and maybe maybe it's not MVP worthy, but he really he really did prove something to a lot of people this year. I think that's a fair case. I definitely think Rodgers will win it. I think he definitely proven he will win it. I think that Allen should give should be given some recognition. I mean, his, his passing yards and his QBR were just way too high to not even at least be considered. Yeah, but but you know I think I think it's been a great NFL season despite all of the mishaps and everything that's gone down with COVID and everything. I definitely enjoyed it. I mean, as a Patriots fan, it was a little rough to it was a little rough to kind of see how it went. Casey can probably say the same same thing about the Broncos. Yeah, but Brody's Ravens are the ones who make it in. Hell that yeah, a fun game to watch. Well, now we're at the end of our show um, where the name comes into play, Hot Takes. Um, this portion of the show, we will be giving you the hottest takes we have for the week. Um, and we're going to be keeping track of our record throughout the year and throughout the seasons that we do this. Um, we're going to be giving you just bold predictions and our hot takes that we have. Um, and they're going to be spicy. And we're going to start off with Cody Reese. Uh, okay, my hot take is kind of a bold one. It's really hot this week. Uh, my hot take is that the Baltimore Ravens will hold Derrick Henry to under 100 yards. And after what he did last year, I think it is very hot. And I think you guys see. I think that's a whole lot of okay. cap. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see if your boy uh, Patrick Quinn can pull through. Yeah, he will. Trust. That's a whole lot of cap. That's... <laughs> 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 I don't think. Uh, okay, well, I mean, yeah. It is um, my hot take uh, for this week isn't crazy, but I think I think that Washington's going to upset the Buccaneers. Um, I think I also think that uh, Chase Young is going to come out with at least two sacks. Uh, he's really hyped up about this first playoff game, and uh, he's a scary man as is, and he's really excited to play against Tom. So I. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to watch. I I I think Washington's gonna pull up the uh, quote unquote upset though. I like that one. I I mean I'm a Brady supporter. He's my boy, but I think that Chase Young will. I think that's I think that's a bit of a better take than Broderick Reese's. But uh, I think mine's pretty hot as well, and I don't think you guys are gonna agree with me in any way. 
But I think that the Indianapolis Colts will hold the Bills to 14 points and upset the Bills. Buffalo, I think Phillip Rivers is going to want to end his career because I believe this will be the last season on a high note. And I think that they're going to, that defense, I think, is going to hold down Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. That is the worst hot take of, of three. I thought I'd start off really hot for our first show. I don't hate All it. Right. I don't hate it. Oh, there's uh, no way the Bills are losing. I think. I don't know, dude. The, Col- the Colts defense has looked uh, really good this year. They're definitely beatable. And going against an offense like the Bills offense, it's not going to happen. Well, in anything it's hot. Happen, anything I'll, I'll give you that. I'll hot. give you that. It's That's a hot the best one. Part about sports, anything can happen on a Saturday or Sunday night. I'm excited, but I think I think that's we're wrapping it up here. Do you guys have any last messages you want to give out to everyone before we go? I think we're good. Fire Elway, fire Vic Fangio. Would you guys like to plug your uh, social medias? Uh, yeah, follow me at uh, BrodyR71 on Instagram. Uh, at him or Kaysen on Instagram. Um, and I want to thank you guys for joining us today. Um, this is the first episode of hopefully many. Um, and they're only going to get better from here. I mean, we're just some average Joes. I just wanted to talk to you guys about some sports. And I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, my Instagram is ESB.56. Um, and all of our podcast platforms will all be under hot takes. Um, we have a TikTok open. We have an email if you guys want to send us any hot takes yourself. It's hottakeszcb at gmail.com. Those are all of our initials at the end. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for joining us today. And I hope you guys have a great day. Goodbye, everyone.